Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. I, I always joke and tell people that I'm a social runner that just happens to be very competitive. <laughs> if I, I really thrive when I've got people to run with and I don't think um, you know, I'd be able to compete at the level that I do if it wasn't for you know, the training groups and you know, um, friends that I join for runs. I get so much joy and energy out of you know, sharing the sport that we have such a big passion for with, with others. It's so much easier to recover and you know, do a couple of sessions to, to catch up again if you're undertrained than trying to recover from overtraining. And I think just to run with joy, you take so much pressure yes. off of it. Zola once told me, you know, um, your happiness should never be dependent on the outcome of a race. Yeah. And you know, that's something that I've carried with me for such a long time, you know, that before a big race, I just think, you know, I've got so much to be thankful for in my life. Um, you know, no matter how this race goes, um, my happiness is not dependent on it. Nicola! Davide! <sighs> Come boy. on, tell Come us. On. Tell no, us. I've told this story like a billion times. But you haven't told our listeners. Davey uh, is sitting here. He's sitting on my right-hand side. Um, his right-hand shoulder is bust. I'm I've fo- broke my collarbone for the <laughs> third time. I've never, fun fact, I've never broken another bone except for my collarbone. And I've now broken this collarbone three times. The same collarbone? The same collarbone. Oof, there's a problem there, mate. <laughs> yeah, I pro- it's probably, but it's also been in three completely separate positions. Hey. But anyways, yeah, guys, that fantastic uh, trip to uh, Budapest for the AAF championships that we were hyping up so much that the Making a Runner jet took me on. It was so fantastic until the final day when I took part in, the, in a race. And in the first 500 meters, I saw a cameraman and tried to blow him some kisses <laughs> and, and ended up tripping over my own feet going about 320 a kilometer and, and just went into a forward dive. I was holding my phone, which I never normally do. It's normally in funky pants, but I was wearing these fancy new shorts that Asics gave me, hey, which were meant to like show off your trouble. legs. So you can't wear funky pants with them because I look strange. So anyways, it was a perfect disaster. Lucky um, we had a Hungarian making a runner doctor there waiting. A waiting Hungarian making a, <laughs> uh, making a runner doctor sorted me out. I was in the public hospital, um, x-rayed, everything was good. Flew home the same day. So now we've got a dilemma. Davey yeah. has got Cape Town Marathon in, a, in just under six weeks' time. So you know what happened, actually? I hadn't even entered into Cape Town Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even entered. I was like delaying it. I got back. I was so depressed. Out of FOMO, pure FOMO, I was like, I will run Cape Town Marathon. <laughs> I entered the day, the Monday after I broke my collarbone, that's when I entered Cape Town Marathon. So kids <laughs> and runners out there, do not take the advice of Davey. No? It, uh, it's definitely what not advice? something that we endorse. <laughs> but yes, Davey is going to be doing a lot of training, cross-training on the Watt Bike. And yes, I also have to address the fact that anybody who listened to episode 20, I believe it was, uh, with, yeah, with, uh, Julie. with Julie, I do believe the irony in this entire situation is the fact that I sat there on my golden 
golden throne and I said, I can't relate to you guys. I've never had it. Well, I haven't had an injury in the longest of times and I jinxed myself. There you are. But anyways, now now we've got some goals. Davy has signed up. He's going to be doing a lot of uh, cross training. We'll yes. be keeping you updated on how that I'm goes. I'm also going for a Guinness World Book of Records in the fastest bone ever ever healed. So <laughs> if anybody out there has some magical Remedies. healing prayer powers, yeah. we're the making it on a jet. will fly you to Durban so you can pray for me. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay, enough. <laughs> e- enough of blowing blowing air up our own horns. But uh, let's let's get on to today's yes. guest, Davy. All right. Um, tell us a little bit about today's guest. So. It's a long-awaited. Finally, we nailed her down. She has a very busy schedule because she is an elite athlete as well as a full-time professional. And she's got an MBA degree. She works for PBT Group. She is a global business developer manager. And her name is none other than Kyla Jacobs. And she is a young 28-year-old South African athlete turning 29 in a, in a month or two. Um, and she specializes in 5Ks and 10Ks. She has had some amazing results. Yeah, 5K, 5K and 5,000 is really her best. I mean, she is the, the current 5,000-meter champion. Uh, she did that clocking a time of 15 minutes, 20, 20 seconds, seconds, which puts her fifth on the all-time South African list. And this booked her slot to the World Road Running Champs, which are happening in, in Riga, Latvia, just later in the year. So we're all very, very excited to see how she goes there. But we chat to her today about how she manages to work that balance of... An eight hour. Yeah, she works a full a work full. day and still manages to get you, double sessions in. You don't I'm even impressed. work eight hours a no, day. No, I don't. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> hell of an impressed, this girl. She, she honestly, she shows such a passion for the sports as well. I think that's something really fantastic that shines throughout the conversation you know she she is an elite level athlete she's an extremely talented individual but running is her passion yeah. she is she she's grateful that she's able to put the times that she does but she really does put everything behind her profession and her career so she really is chasing it out there guys and it was such an interesting conversation we chat to her about her training we chat to her about her her varsity time in the ncaa at north carolina we go on to speak to her about a specific 5k and 10k prep in terms of her training her nutrition her race day mentality and strategies so it really is quite an insightful conversation and we're just very excited to be able to share this with you guys uh, before we get on to it guys um, if you haven't seen yet you know you can go and subscribe to the making a runner newsletter yes you it, can it is something that we are pushing out on the weekly now it is your weekly running newsletter coming at you at 7 a.m. every Monday where we cover tips from around the running world as well as a uh, little intros to our future guests and try to uh, bring you back onto some previous conversations that we had. It really is something that uh, is worth signing up to. So guys, go have a look at our website and make sure to subscribe. But now here she is straight out of Western Cape. It is Kyla Jacobs. Enjoy. Kyla, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here today and and chat to us. I know that you you're just recovering from your race on the weekend and uh, all the travel going back to Cape Town. But thank you for making that time and for being on the show. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the show. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and um, I love just like podcasts in in general. <laughs> 
That's awesome. We'll take that. And I think <laughs> a lot of our, our regular listeners are going to be very, very chuffed to know that we are yes. chatting to you today. They've been requesting, they've been really requesting. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we could finally get, uh, get you on. Kyla has a very busy schedule though. As we, as we know, Kyla is a, has a full-time job as well as being, being an athlete. So it, it is, it, it must be tough. It really, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So I think we're going to get a little bit into that, but Perhaps you can give us a little bit of a background about you, Carla, for those that perhaps don't know much about you. Yeah, cool. Um, so my name is Carla Jacobs. I am 20, turning 29 soon. <laughs> um, never expected to be competing at the level that I am um, at, at this age. <laughs> I think uh, I studied in the U.S. on a sports scholarship at Coastal Carolina University. You guys chatted to um, Adrian a couple yes. of weeks ago. Yes, yeah. So he was also at Coastal, same university where Zola was involved. So it was a, a really awesome experience and, um, yeah, studied business um, management and then did my MBA at Coastal as well and then came back to South Africa and thought, you know, I'm going to focus on my career first and, you know, get, um, climb the corporate ladder or, or whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, running is such a, a big passion and it's such a big part of our lives. Before I found myself, I was already entering some of the local league races and I settled into a training group in Stellenbosch. I work in Stellenbosch um, with coach Ernie Grun and we've got a really great um, ladies group going and yeah, just went from one strength to the next strength and um, yeah, maybe just also to mention, so I work for PBT Group. It's a data specialist company. I'm a business development manager for them, so taking care of a couple of our, our key clients and yeah, so luckily they are very supportive of my running dreams and aspirations. And, um, yeah, so just kept on building and training hard and, yeah, fortunate to, to be in the position that I am um, right now. <laughs> I had no idea you did an MBA. That is, that is unbelievable. Um, and, and then obviously I, I, you know, I follow you on social media. I, I see the, you know, the, the um, work, you know, the, the balance of work and then obviously the athletic side of things. But, um but yeah, I, I think you. I think you don't make a big enough deal about you know um, yeah. how important your position is, and, and obviously the degree behind it and all of that. So, so that's quite an interesting yeah. piece of insight for me. Yeah, look, I think to to start off with, I want to before going to university, you obviously had this aspiration of chasing some sort of running dream whilst also studying and that's why mm. I think you know going to the states sounds like such an ideal setup where you can be coached you can still follow your track career and still get a degree like you have um would you say that at that time when you first went into it you were sort of looking to push your running career further or were you always trying to get further up the corporate ladder and always wanted to go into business um didn't always want to go into business. Never thought I'd be in the position. I started as actually um, more in a, like a public health, exercise and sports science type of type of role. But I've always done good in business studies and seem to have had a more natural um, what's the word like draw. Yeah, you know, just draw to it. So ended up um, changing my majors after my first year and and really just enjoyed the business studies and fortunate to feel a good base for whatever you decide to go into one day. Yeah. And and obviously, um, you know, academics was, was quite important. So the US, it was mostly an opportunity to go run and study at the same time, get a good international degree. And I think, you know, more over than just the opportunity to connect and, you know, run on such a um, level, like Adrian also mentioned, you know, you get there and the depth is so deep. So, yeah. you know, all of a sudden there's 
five to ten heats of a five thousand with almost three heats running under sixteen minutes, you know, it's or seven well, maybe sixteen, seventeen minutes for sure. for first or second year students, you know. So it's just really so um your exposure is just so big. But um, you know, I think more over than that, the development that you have as a person, you know, just going from our little small community that we have in in South Africa and having mm-hmm. such a good support network and you know, at home and in the school to to go over that side and realize, you know, you, you are responsible for yourself now and um, you know, there's just you're accountable and there's so much responsibility, et cetera. And I, I think that is really um, you know, those those experiences and those learnings um has really taught me a lot and you know, has helped me to be successful in, in several aspects of my life. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that must prepare you for exactly what you've been able to go into. And now, I mean, we'll, we'll get into how you managed to fit it all in because even just off the phone, like uh, off, off the call, mm-hmm. how you were explaining how you've literally gone from one thing to the next to the next. It's it's quite mm-hmm. exceptional that you're able to fit it all in. But I also want to say, am I right in saying that your, your sister eventually joined you across in the US as well? And, and you guys sort of train together at, at the university as well? Yeah, yeah, so um, actually after my first semester, I came back over the summer holiday and I was just like, oh, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Um, you know, it's really tough. And But then I realized if I come back, then Ainsley will most likely not take that leap of faith for herself. So wow. decided to stick it out and wait for her to join and, you know, just give her the opportunity to also try it. And, um, you know, by, there was one other South African at that time, Letitia Simon. She was my high school coach's daughter. And um, then from the second semester, we roomed together and then Ainsley joined the next semester and then it just started being a blast. So, um, you know, just the running started to go a little bit better. I was injured my first semester and, you know, when you're injured, everything else just seems 10 times worse. <laughs> so um, when Ainsley joined in the US, it was really an, an awesome experience to share that together. And the two of us seem to do um, much better when we're closer. So, um so, yeah. so obviously how, you guys might know she, yeah. yeah well <laughs> so how, how does that work now with her being an, an Aussie I mean for for you do you find that you, you're missing her as a training partner in that way yeah no terribly um, we still talk every single day <laughs> um, so you know it's, it's tough with the, the time schedule so I'll chat to her just before I go to bed and then in the mornings when I wake up um, you know we call each other and both of us luckily got very supportive husbands because sometimes you know that's we both still get a bit emotional when we start missing each other too much. Um, but I think she's got a really great support network and we were blessed to go after we were able to go visit them in December. Mm. And, you know, it was just really helpful to see how well supported they are that side and how happy they are. And, you know, I mean, it just makes my big sister hard to <laughs> feel a bit more um, better about the situation. But, yeah, I, um, she's got really good coaches on that side too. So they all know about the rivalry. And, you know, when she's competing that side, they would like often, um, so our PBs are like often, I'll run like a, I ran a 15, um, 43 for the first time when I broke 16 minutes. And like two weeks later, Angie ran like a 15, 42. She like just, <laughs> yeah, just run like that one yeah. second faster than me. Yeah. And apparently like the, the commentators on that side told her like on the last lap, you can beat Kyla if you like really <laughs> go now. <laughs> so. They all, you know, just support this this um, healthy sister yeah. sister rivalry that is going. <laughs> and you guys, you guys recently competed together at the World Cross Country Tramps in Australia, correct? Yeah. So, so you you got to so pretty was, much compete in her backyard, and you beat her. Yes, <laughs> you came. I beat her. You, you, you came in thirty seventh place, and she was just behind you there, in what in thirty eighth. 
In 38, yeah. So um, she was actually ahead of me for most of the race. I think at one stage we were kind of together and I still handed her water at the one station. And, you know, she also said afterwards, um, because I just felt like this is really tough. You know, I just felt like I needed water just to cool myself down because it was so hot. And then I took an extra sachet and gave some to her. And, you know, she also said afterwards, you know, it's probably what she needed just to, to get her through that last, that last lap. But I kind of overtook her just after that. And I didn't know that she was still just behind me. I thought, you know, maybe she dropped in a couple of places. So the moment when I crossed the line and turned around and angrily crossed the line, it was really like a, an awesome moment to, you know, out of a field of a hundred plus runners to finish 37th and 38th. Um, it was pretty cool. And I mean, for both of you guys to be representing South Africa together, I mean, that must be quite a special mm. thing. Yeah, so um, we both made the cross-country African Champs team back in 2012, and we were on the junior team. So this was almost 10 years later, again, you know, that we, we made the South African team together again. And in between, I only represented South Africa at the um, previous World Champs in Oris in Denmark at the cross-country, and I represented South Africa at the last, um, in the 5,000 meters last, of last year's African Championship. But it was the yeah you know, the first time in just over ten years that we were on a cross country team together, so it was yeah you know, very special. And other than cross country, I mean, did you guys always even through varsity in that specialize in sort of for us long distance runners, what I would call the, the middle distance, like the five thousand, the ten thousand, I know there's a mile, and and also the three thousand. Did you did you always work sort of towards that that distance, or did you ever try to go below that, or uh, are you looking to step up? higher than that so Ainsley is actually super fast um I really think you know her best item would be the the 1500 so in university she um ran a very decent 1500 and you know also did a bit more of 800 1500 combo where um I focused a bit more on the 3000 5000 combo you know so Ainsley recently in training ran a 243 1k repeat so like they did like a mini time trial in between the training so that's flying (laughs) i really think she's still got a lot more potential um in the 1500 but yeah she's also training for a 5000 as well now so we'll see what next season holds for her and also just i mean i I think a lot of um listeners will be wanting to you know get into the the integrity of how you actually you know manage your full-time work schedule as being an elite level athlete i I think a lot of social runners also you know we know it we know how to do it but obviously your training load and and everything is just a a lot higher um and and you have to perform at a much higher level so do you want to just give us like a a brief insight in in how you've experienced managing that um and any advice for Mm. us if if you have any nice tips on how to recover a bit quicker or something please feel free yeah so um I, I always joke and tell people that I'm a social runner that just happens to be very competitive. <laughs> if I, I really thrive when I've got people to run with and I don't think, um, you know, I'd be able to compete at the level that I do if it wasn't for, you know, the training groups and, you know, um, friends that I join for runs. I get so much joy and energy out of, you know, sharing the sport that we have such a big passion for with, with others. Yeah. So um, funny story, some of our really good friends, um, I run with Danate Wally a lot. You know, we live close to each other, so we used to always meet up in like the middle and then do our morning runs together. You know, someone you know get the one number one that really helps if you've got someone waiting for you in the morning. You know, just to to get up before work. Um, you know, having someone to keep you accountable. So when Danate was injured one time, 
I was desperate. My husband was still working, um, you know, very rough hours back then. So I went on Strava and I checked, like, who has all the course records in our area? <laughs> and I messaged this guy and I was like, listen, I know this is super weird, but um, would you be interested in joining me for my morning runs? <laughs> And now knowing him, it's something exactly he would have done. So we've you know, grown such good friends, like my husband and he gets along. I get so well along with his wife. And we started this little group that meet up at the beach in the mornings um, to, to run. So one, having a great support network and, you know, people to run this um, really helps. And then especially for my workouts, like I've mentioned, I meet up with a group. So there's so much energy in the group, you know, when you're having a tough day, just having someone to run with, sit behind them. And you know, also it's so important to listen to your body. So some mornings when I get up and I really feel like, yo, I'm just, it's been a tough week. I feel tired. Um, you know, I, I'd rather sleep in. You know, I'd always just tell myself there's so much more, um, it's so much easier to recover and, you know, do a couple of sessions to, to catch up again. If you're undertrained, then trying to recover from overtraining. Yeah. And, you know, even though, work is not necessarily physical it puts so much like pressure on your adrenal glands and you know like you said it just slows down recovery so just pushing your body when um you know it's a little an hour or two of extra sleep you know would have maybe benefited you a lot more yeah. so um and, and I mean, you <laughs> so mean, that's quite you mentioned work yeah? so, so in terms of your work just so our listeners can get a better understanding of what your your schedule is like do you work a typical regular say nine to five job or is it a little bit more flexible in the way that you pick and choose your your meeting times and all of that because mm-hmm. uh, i know obviously that would make a difference for yeah. someone that say is is stuck in a job where they're having to do that versus someone that is a little bit more flexible Flexi, yeah. both myself and davy are yeah. a little bit more flexible so we we tend to be able to to negotiate a bit i'm what, not what? too sure about you nick nick, uh, nick often nick as a buyer mm-hmm. needs to be at work at like 6 a.m sometimes <laughs> then and then he makes us ride run at 3 a.m <laughs> but oh wow <laughs> how do you get around it what is your what is your demands of your job yeah so luckily like i said i have a very supportive company pbt has been really great for me um and but I do go into the office every day. So I see a couple of clients in, in Durbanville and then those days that I go and I do try to, you know, schedule the meetings, um, you know, like just so that I don't have to drive in peak traffic that I've got to leave very early. So typically I am in the office from about 8.30 to 4 p.m. Um, I usually on like my work ideas, I'll block out my calendar for 4 p.m. I mean, obviously if there's a big client meeting or something, um, I'll try to, you know, move a workout or, you know, my colleagues are sometimes also very supportive and, you know, trying to cover for me if I really yeah. have, if there's a big championship coming up and I can't move a workout. So really appreciative of that factor. But yeah, most days I go into the office around 8.30 wow. to 4 p.m. So, and um, then we'll train afterwards. So, I mean, I mean, you're describing, you know, a very corporate, you know, job, obviously. I mean, that, that that's a tough schedule. I mean, I mean, do, do you think it puts you at a disadvantage to, other, you know, elite female athletes who, are, who A, might have a much more flexible job or B, just, you know, train full time? Yeah, I think obviously, um, you know, sometimes when I'm at work and you hit 2 p.m. and I just think that a nap would be good right now, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but then you just get another cappuccino and you just keep on, on going. But, um, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a difficult balance, but, you know, I think just my personality and, you know, I think it really helps me to know that I run because I've got a passion for it and I enjoy it. And obviously I've got big goals that I'm chasing for it, 
but you know just trying to balancing that off with a, a job just to take some of the financial pressure off of the running you know so that I know sure. I'm getting a you know, a, a good salary I'm not just dependent on the running for yeah. um, you know to, to support myself I can run because of the joy of it yeah. and um, you know just because I've got goals and I want to push myself to to new limits um, it's a great so way to put it, yeah. it it is a struggle um, I'm not gonna lie it's not that it's you know some days it's, it's really tough um, you know sometimes I, I I dropped actually I had a funny joke with Hervet she asked me how it's going and I told her no um, I've drafted my resignation. When Afrikaans, I said um, I've drafted my bedanking brief a couple of times <laughs> this week, and she's like, "Oh, that's so cute that you think of everything that you're thankful for." It was like not the same thing. It's <laughs> bedanking and bedanking and Afrikaans. <laughs> so you know, some days it it really is tough, um, but you know, just <laughs> keep going and um, yeah. But uh, so. That's fine. So let's say eight thirty to four on most days. So w- where do you fit your 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 time, your training? Uh, what does a regular sort of training schedule look like for you? I mean, at this stage, obviously building building up to the world champs. We can chat a little bit about that later. Coming off of a PB that you ran yesterday, um, what does the training look around this time? Say. Are you doing many double sessions? Are you trying to sort of recover a lot in between? Like you mentioned, physio session today. Uh, what what would fit in around work? Okay, so um, Coach Ernie, he's got a. I, I really enjoy working with him. He understands the pressures of of having a, a full time job, and like his approach is always like he says, a gradual, sequential application of moderate stimulus over an extended period of time. So for him, it's really about you know just having those building blocks and working towards them. Um, you know, if we, sometimes if I, so let's get started with a week. So I'll do on, on Mondays, I'm either do an easy double or I'll do sleep in a little bit in the morning and do a longer type of um, just jog in, in the afternoon. Then on a Tuesday, I'll do a morning run and the afternoons will typically have um, longer intervals with a group train in, in, in studies. And then on a Wednesday, um, I have now, run into the inevitable so I've joined a buyer I'm working with Philip now <laughs> so I see him on, on Wednesday morning for a gym session <laughs> and Wednesday and Friday mornings um, so in the afternoon and Wednesdays I'll do a, a bit of a longer run also just easy 10 um, k's or so then on a Thursday morning I'll do a morning run again and a um, shorter intervals with the group and um, Friday mornings are uh, back at the gym again <laughs> in the afternoons I'll just do an easy run or cycle or cross train it depends on how I feel after the week um, Saturdays are typically a, um, it depends on what we are working towards it, either, it will maybe either be a, a technical session you know sometimes it's you know, after work it's just really tough to do a very hard session you know even though it wasn't necessarily a, a, a hectic day at work you just feel like a little bit flat and then we'll sometimes move a session around and rather do it a more technical hard session on the Saturday when I can, you know, sleep in a little bit of the morning, get very fresh, re- like refreshed and, you know, really um, have a better quality session or do a heels workout on Saturdays and then the, you know, the long run Sundays. <laughs> so at this stage, uh, when would you say is a, a rest day? Because <laughs> listening to that it sounds like double training every day with uh, with some long runs on the weekend and some quality workouts on the weekend do you do do you take any full rest days in the normal schedule like i said you know very much on listening to my body yeah. so often now um on a friday afternoon if i feel like flat after the week then i'll just 
cut that Friday session or, um, like I said, on a Monday or, or Wednesday. I also, for example, if I now I've got the gym and the, the gym kind of makes my schedule a little bit more, yeah. um, not, not flexible yeah. because yeah. now I've got that set session. So, um, if I feel I'm going to benefit more from having a, a massage or a physio session, then I'll just rather go to the physio and cut the, the, the mm. workout on a, or on a Wednesday or on a Monday. That's so interesting. I think what your coach says in terms of, you know, applying that load consistently over a long period of time uh, is such a key element for people that do find themselves in, say, your position where they are trying to do a full-time work as well as trying to chase their dreams when it comes to running and as you say rightfully i think listening to your body is, is the the key element there and if you know if your body says no it would benefit more from a rest or benefit more from a physio session yeah. then you got to be able to sort of hold that ego in as well and know that mm-hmm. it's probably better that i take it easy because i'll be able to push harder tomorrow or the next day but when it it's just for the listeners that perhaps are, you know, we're often talking to marathoners, ultra marathoners. Mm-hmm. We don't often talk to 5,000 meter specialists. So in terms of like your weekly mileage and say what your long runs would be for us, obviously long runs are different to what a long run would be for you. I would assume what, what would that sort of look like? So I think I do um, not nearly as much as some of the other girls running five to 10 K, you know, even, just because of, like I said, the nature of my the template that I've got available. Yeah. So I do about 80 to 100 Ks a week. My long runs are typically anything between like 18 to 20, you know, maybe working up towards like a, a 25 K. It, it really depends. Um, but yeah, typically it's between yeah. 80 to 100 Ks a week. I, I, I've just been, that's what I was trying to show Nick over here as I've pulled up your Strava. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it when uh, elite athletes are on Strava because it's just it's it's so nice for us. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you've been very consistent for for weeks, you know, floating around that hundred kilometer mark. Um, so for anybody out there listening, you know, I mean, five k and ten k, you can still be smashing on hundred k's, but you you're going to end up with a thirty yeah. a sub thirty three minute ten k. That, that's what you got to hope for. Yeah, well, quality <laughs> over quantity, and like I said, you know, we've got that sessions where um, in the, in our workouts. And I try to do good, put in work, good work. And I think it's also important to note, so in our workouts, I never smash myself in the workout. It's always around that 82 to 85% mark. And, you know, sometimes that means um, we take one case, for example, you know, just per, per se, like sometimes that's a 310 per 1K repeat. And some days, you know, 85% is like, feels like three or fours or, you know, faster. Yeah. So it's just really about listening to your body, um, you know, on that day and just adjusting the effort or adjusting the set. Sometimes I get to training and Ernie will just tell me, like, you know what, clearly you've had a rough day, you know, let's change it up a little bit. So not forcing it. Obviously, there's sometimes where you need to, there's a fine line between being lazy and being smart. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think for most of our runners, it's, I, I wouldn't classify us as lazy. <laughs> so, so I also just, I have to ask, um, and because I, I, now I'm on Strava, but I can't I can't pull up yeah. the, the re- results. Um, so I mean, you 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 toggle between eighty to hundred k's a week. I follow it's Sian. Uh, hey, is that how I pronounce her name? Sian. Obviously, Sian. Hey, Sean. Pardon? Sean. 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 Alden. She, yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I've seen her training. You know, uh, I think she toggles between like she goes up to like hundred and sixty k's. A week sometimes and then uh, as far as i'm aware she also specializes in, in five and ten k's so i mean do you do you have you have you tried going up in distance and have you been to 
to you know you know that distance or do you just not have the time for it or did your body not deal well with it or or I mean have you just found your best results you know obviously at the 100k mm-hmm. mark yeah so, so Sean is training for the world half marathon champs but okay. he's made the team so you know slightly further distance um but I, I think it's a very individualistic thing and you know it's also so important for us not to try and compare ourselves because sure. each one of us you know has got different bodies you know we've got different stresses and external factors that that affect that you know so, so for myself I think the most I've ever done was like 112 k's and it was over the December holiday when things are super chill I'm on leave and um, you know then it's a bit easier to maybe go a little bit longer you know on warm-ups or on, on some runs and stuff but I just think for me in my template I don't know where you find time to run that much I, yeah. I looked at Sean's Java and I was like that is like 70k is nearly more than what I do like I feel I would feel like I'm running the entire day yeah. and <laughs> I like a good balance um, for, for me I just I think yeah I, I don't know if I would enjoy running if it felt like it took up like 80% of my yeah. day <laughs> I think the irony is that Nick um, called me on Sunday I think and was complaining about his 8k time trial time he says he's a donkey he said he needs to increase Baby. his mileage then he then now he's <laughs> back up to 130 kilometers a week but Baby. but 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 what did Carla say there's she a, said there's stop a there's a sub 33 10k over here 100k's a week yeah, but obviously, you know, like she says, there's there's different talent pools, there's different levels that your body can handle. We're not making comparisons. Okay, I'm just, See, ma- I'm just pointing out facts. Davy is all about. But it's comparison. such a trap that we all fell fall in, you know. And I think Strava is great. Like I said, we are made up of great guys, Strava, you know, in training partners. We are Strava, but um, you know, sometimes you also sit at night and you look at other people's Strava and you think, oh, this person did this run oh, yeah. at this pace. You know, I I only. Um, you know, did it, did, like, did it at that pace. And, um, you know, like recently I also asked Ernie, I was like, you know, do you think my easy runs are at too slow of a pace? And he said, like, remember Ilana was like a, a 14, 44 minute 5K runner. And she never did her training runs faster than 440 sure. pace. That's incredible. So, yeah. So, I mean, I mean is, you know, also. It's so, it's so individu- yeah, just, individual. Yeah. And that's a whole other argument that I think, you know, for for what Davey was mentioning in my particular case, like, um, you know, as you say, we all need to learn to to understand our body and understand what reacts well and what doesn't react well. And, you know, if I look at my best running that I've ever been able to do, it was directly correlated to, to mileage. But at the same time, as you rightfully say, it is a balancing act because it's quite easy to, you know, go over the top a little bit and now you start to pick up little niggles and now you start to feel the pressure. So it, it really is individualized. But I, I, I like to bring up a point that you mentioned there in terms of the easy run pace because I think, again, we, we often mention it and it's just nice to ask for, for different opinions. I mean, for you running a sub 33 minute 10K, what would you run an easy run at? And we know that, I mean, easy is is relative to what the day feels like. Some day it might be easier yeah. than others and pace wise, but what would you, what would your ranges be? So, yeah, obviously it very much depends on the day. You know, some mornings you get up and you feel like <laughs> um, your legs just can't get moving and I'm running and I'm like, how can that be 520 pace? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like it feels so much faster. <laughs> but um, I think on average, my easy run pace is probably around like 445 to about five minutes a day. Sure. 
Yeah. And what would you say, would you sort of correlate it to, um, say, if you're running at, at 3.30 or 3.20 when you're racing, uh, would you try and sort of be 60, 90 seconds a case slower or are you only going on feel? Is that all that, you, that you're told to go on when you're running? Are you looking at your heart rate at all on those easy runs? Um, actually, I don't look at my heart rate um, when in running. Yeah, it's just not a science that I've really... <laughs> gotten into too much um yeah. uh, i don't always know if i trust the, the rest heart rate too much and um yeah. so i don't have a, like a heart rate monitor but I, I generally try to go out a little bit more conservatively so i'll definitely have a pacing plan you know for the first two or three kilometers and then um you know just go and feel and see okay is now the legs responding are they feeling good today you know let's try to pick it up a little bit yeah. and then run negative over the second half Do, i have to ask are all your runs on strava yeah, most of I, I've got a private profile, but um, I, yeah, most of my runs are on Strava. Okay, um, and and then talk to me about your nutrition because obviously, I mean, being an you know an elite level athlete, and um, I think. Uh, we've covered a lot of, of um, nutrition topics around like marathons and mm. comrades, but I think there's also maybe sometimes a stigma against, you know, nutrition with 5Ks and 10Ks because, you know, you don't really need the nutrition on the run and, and all of that. So so how do you navigate that and do you take nutrition whilst you run or is it, you know, mainly the build up or your day to day? Okay, so let's start with racing. So if we like, for example, if you take yesterday's race, I had a little, little bit of oatmeal for breakfast. I hate oatmeal, but it works on race, <laughs> race day. So it's the only time I eat it. <laughs> um, just sits well. And then I'll have a, a coffee with, with milk. Um, I, yeah, I like milk. I don't like the alternative milk. So <laughs> I don't have a problem with dairy. I love cheese and chocolates and ice cream. Anyway, it's too much to cut, fine, <laughs> cut it out. And then I will sometimes, if I feel like I, I still need a little, little bit of something, I'll have like half a banana or like a future life high protein bar. Um, then about 40 minutes before, I'll have one of 32 GI's cramper salts. I just felt it feels like, you know, that just helps take a little bit of that lactic acid out of my legs um, when, when racing. So I'll take one before 10K because the distance is a bit shorter. Mm. And then um, I'll take a, a G shot as well about 30 minutes. Um, before so that's just a caffeine shot what i really like about the 32 gi gels is it's not a lot of gel so it sits well with your stomach and um you know just take it with a sip of water it's not like this it's like this big bulky gel mm. that you have to try and get in um so mid-race i might take a, a second caffeine gel or if i'm doing a longer run like for in training and stuff i'll take those in the mid run so i'll start to run without mm. them and feel like you know as i start feeling like oof, my legs are like starting to get a like, little bit Lactic, then I'll start taking um, one of those cramp gels or if I feel like, okay, getting towards the end of a long run, let's just, you know, take a caffeine shot to get me all the way through. Um, I've also got like a endure just type of sports drink and um, just to stay hydrated. So especially, I don't take those during the races, but before workouts, I'll start sipping on it a little bit or just regular, um, just hydrate, making sure I've got enough um, electrolytes. So 32 GI, I've got these hydrate tabs. And I've got one like in the cabbie of my car. I've got one in my handbag. I've got one in my backpack. You know, so always I just have one just to pop one of those effervescents in a in a water bottle or something. So, um, I, I kind of live by those. And then I'll have a protein like thirty two GIs protein shake every morning. I just feel it's got a good balance of the BCAAs and everything that I, that I do need. Um, so I'll supplement that with a with a breakfast as well, like you know, eggs and toast or um, you know whatever on on the go that morning. Carla, is that 
every morning or is that only like say after your quality workouts or after your long runs or even after an easy run will you still supplement post run in the exact same way i like doing a protein shake nearly every morning so um I can really feel if I don't have them, you know, but I start getting fatigued towards the end of a week. And um, like now in case I'm in the winter, so cold and I may not necessarily in the mood for a smoothie, but I mean, I could like honestly feel like um, I don't think uh, I'm not recovering quick enough. So I do try to have a, a protein shake um, at least every day. Uh, I'm going to yeah. take a wild guess and say you're sponsored by 32 GR. Yeah, and, and so, <laughs> so thankful so, for the support. You you need a yeah. a good nutrition supplement to you know just keep you going. We take so much out of our bodies. We need to you know put quality um, in as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I I mean they do back a lot of South African athletes, so it's it's good to see mm. them. You know, obviously working with you. I'm a fan of that Cramp Assault yeah. uh, as well as the the Race Pro, obviously for for a lot of stuff. Well, ask 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 um, Kyla if she's had the the race the Race Pro. Have you had the race? No, I actually haven't. Oh. No. <laughs> you I didn't race you, far you enough. Try, you, you try the race, bro. No. Do you see, for us non-elites, it's hard to carry all that stuff with us. And to carry that <laughs> race pro thing on a race, and now you got to carry, say, four over two oceans. How or, many grams of carbs are in, in the race, bro? It's yeah, but grams. isn't the race pro just supposed to like carry over for the entire period? That it's like, that's why it's like it's the biggest, no. biggest Nick, no, Nick has it all at once. So maybe, maybe he didn't read the back. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no fine print. Um, I want to just carry on from where we left off in terms of the nutrition. So we're talking about nutrition. I want to talk about race strategy more particular to like a 5k race Um, because i think you know over a 10k there's still a level of needing to be conservative to a point depending Mm -hmm. especially on the race that you're trying to put together Uh, but on a 5k would what would be your recommendation to say someone that has been doing their training they've been trying to hit their 5k but they're constantly just hitting around about the similar time and they're not currently seeing much improvement would you say from a race perspective there's different strategies that you can follow on a 5k or is it all related to training i mean it's obviously going to going to differ if someone goes out at you know way too fast of a pace um you know there's definitely a lot of improvement about starting a little bit conservatively you know having good paces and then bringing that time slowly down um but you know sometimes it's just it feels like you're just getting stuck in a rut and you just need to be patient and you're just keeping working towards it. And then you have that one day, my coach like to call them zippy days, where everything just aligns and, you know, you just feel like you're flying and you, you smash that barrier. Um, so I think it's just, you know, staying patient and keep working on it. Um, you know, there's so many great resources out there and, you know, people always, um, um, I'm not a coach myself, you know, but you've got, you've, we've learned from our experiences. So reach out, you know, chat to a couple of people to see, you know, what are they doing in their training and try to figure out, you know, is they, am I maybe doing too much? Am I not tapering enough for race day? Um, you know, am I going out too aggressively? Am I not going out too aggressively? Do I feel like super fresh at 4Ks and, you know, you like sprint the last K and then, you, you know, just still had so much left in the tank? Okay. Yeah. I think the, the, the 5k in particular, it is a tricky one because it feels like it's going to be short enough, especially, I mean, if you're doing it in, in 16, mm-hmm. 17 minutes, under 20 minutes, it feels like it's going to be short enough to be able to push, uh, the, the whole way. But as you say, I think a lot of people make that common mistake of going out too hard and eventually blowing, but it's also, 
as you say, individualistic to each and every single person, knowing how long they can push for before they get to that point. Like, it's also nice to break it down. So say if you're in the last two Ks of that race and you know, okay, well, I've got two Ks left and I know that I can push a certain pace for two Ks, it shows the good training and you're able to hold that over that period of time. Yeah. when it, when it comes for you as a particular individual, uh, have you found that, you know, certain workouts that you do in the build-up to a certain event will make you feel like, okay, I, I've got this. I, I'm able to hit this 16 minutes or I'm able to hit this 15 minute based on the workouts that you're doing? Or is it sort of, like you said, a combination of workouts over a period of time that sort of prepare you for like this golden period where you can then go and hit all of your PBs? I definitely think there's a couple of workouts, you know, when you hit splits that you haven't been hitting for um, or that you haven't hit before and you feel fresh and you feel strong. It definitely gives you a lot of confidence. So, you know, maybe for me that would have been, uh, uh, let's say, 12 times 400 meter workout where I was, you know, constantly hitting, um, you know, good splits and able to finish with a, a fast last 400. We just feel like, okay, you know, still have something left in the tank or um, we like to incorporate like a, a longer interval with a shorter interval and, um, you know, just being able to come off of a longer interval, have a bit of faster leg turnover, go over to the longer interval again. And, you know, just hitting like decent fast splits, you know, it always gives you a lot of confidence, especially if you feel good. Um, for me in the race, just maybe to get back to the racing strategy, I like to be numbers orientated. So, and on track and the track, you just focus on 200 meter splits. And I'm just, I've got the number in my head and, you know, I'm just listening for my coach or, my husband to yell the split at the 200 meter mark and, you know, just need to look, look, okay, now just break it down into, um, you know, like attainable goals, like mm-hmm. running each 200 meter in that specific time and staying on target. And I always try to tell myself as well, you know, just try to stay as comfortable as possible for as long as possible. So staying calm in the race, you know, not worrying about um, or getting too worked up if you maybe want to go on or off, you know, just um, settling into that pace and keep hitting the mark. Would you say it's then in that case easier to pace yourself over a track uh, race, so say a 5,000 meter instead of a 5K road race? I haven't had a lot of experience in the 5K road races. It's quite a new event, so very exciting that they've added to this year's World Champs and super excited to be part of the first um, you know, official 5K World Champs. So um, I ran one in Europe, which... Um, I ended up being a little bit by myself in the front. So it wasn't, you know, that necessarily the competition that I was hoping for, expecting just to really you know, test yourself on, on the road. So um, still a bit of learning um, to, to come on the road. Boxers got a very exciting 5K coming up in October in Durban, which I think, you know, will um, also be a great event. And, and I think it's really good for our youngsters. I think a lot of our junior athletes start running 10Ks too early, you know, but if we, grow this 5k event i think it could be a really awesome um you know way to gradually introduce the, the juniors to road running yeah i think it was super cool that the 5k champs uh, were were televised this year and mm. to actually watch like you say all those youngsters racing hard on the tv it, w- it was really quite a sight um did you did you mm. find that the altitude in joburg uh, did you struggle a bit with the altitude up there or i mean do sure you- that was tough <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I, I just got back from Europe and I think it was a combination of, you know, just back to back races in Europe and the fatigue from traveling and then coming back and running at altitude. Um, I've, I've lived at the coast for close to 10 years now. 
So, um, you know, it really is tough going out there. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it, it is what it is. Um, I was obviously hoping to run a little bit better at the Champs, but Tyler was really good on the day. And, um, you know, she has had a really, you know, she's made a strong comeback mm. after the injury and, you know, always a, a, a good, uh, a big supporter. Yeah, yeah. No, you guys had an awesome race that day. It was actually very cool to watch. Um, and is that what you think you're sort of now looking at this towards the strength work and the bio work that you're doing to try and gain that little extra percent? I mean, how's that been going? Yeah, it's been really, it's been going well. Um, I definitely have a lot of room for improvement. So I'm <laughs> um, really excited to start reaping the rewards from the work that we've been doing in the gym. So, um, you know, working on little, like all of the small little rehab things, because, you know, that's the other thing. Obviously, there's, um, you know, so much people just say, oh, no, just roll out your feet every day. And I'm thinking, like, where do I fit that in? Yeah. But like, no, just do it when you're sitting in front of a TV. And I also just think, I just want, like, you know, 20 just, minutes in my just day, right? Just don't have now. to think and worry about some some of those stuff. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really, it's, that's why it, it's been really helpful having a designated time to try and spend time on all those little things. So definitely excited about the, um, yeah. the growth. That's, that's I, I think it's quite important, <laughs> as you say, for runners to almost prioritize that time because, you know, we're always trying to figure out where can we fit this one hour run in. But when it comes to trying to fit mm. your, your gym work and your su supplementary work, I like to call it in, it always just feels like it's it's second on the list. And it, and it's so easy to just not get around to it because let's face it, running is the most important thing. we gotta, we got to run so we can keep on progressing. But it's really the, mm. that little nitty gritty work that keeps us on the road and keeps us progressing. Yeah. Cut. So I also just wanted to ask, um, in terms of, you know, obviously, I mean, we've chatted about a lot of things, but what are your future aspirations, you know, and especially, you know, talking about the upcoming, your upcoming performance in World Champs? I mean, I mean, what have you got planned after that and, and how are you feeling for the Champs? I'm feeling very excited for the Champs. I think training has going has been going really well. Like I said, we've incorporated some gym work, so um uh, I'm very excited to, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, if it's like if there's never been an event like this before. So I'm hoping to, you know, if everything goes well on the day, I think we should be able to run like around 1540 on the road. So obviously the day and the circumstances and, sure. um, you know, all of those things and the route and stuff is going to, to play a factor. So, um, but I, I think that's a goal that I've got in my head is to run around there. Um, after that, at this time, I'm still deciding between the Cape Town 10K and that Boxer 5K race. Obviously, I've only had one 10K race this year so far, which was this, this past weekend. So um, there's very few and little 5K events. So that's why, you know, the boxer one sounds tempting. But on the other side, you know, also just feel like I've got I've got more in me for the 10K. And I think I can bring the PB down even further. So um, it's also a good opportunity to do that. So the word is, you know, I'm going to have to decide which way. And are you going to World Champs on your own? Or um, is your husband joining you? No, so I'll be doing this one by myself. Someone needs to stay at home and um, and and work. <laughs> and and Carla, in terms of you know, we, we mentioned uh, other runners going into the longer distances, into the twenty ones, or from the tens into the twenty ones. Is that something that that you've ever thought about yet, or is it something that you're saving for almost later in your in your running career? You're going to just try and make the most of of your legs whilst you have them. I think um, you know, it's obviously a natural progression of most runners to eventually go into the, the longer distance stuff. Um, 
but our focus for the next couple of years is still definitely on on the track and just capitalizing as much as possible on that speed and you know we really just believe if you can run a, a very fast 5k and 10k that it will just benefit you so much more once you start moving towards the, the longer distances for sure and then and then also just um, i mean to benefit our listeners um do you have any tips that you can that you can share with us um you know for 5k 10k um or just you know what you've experienced throughout your journey so I think we've covered a lot of them in between yeah. the, the chats, but I think to to maybe highlight a couple is, you know, don't compare yourself to others. Yeah. You know, find something that works for you and, and stay focused on, on your own training. Like I said, try to run as comfortable as possible for as long as possible, you know, focusing on your stride, finding a, a good rhythm and then trying to run negative in, in the second half of your race and finding a nutrition plan that works for you, you know, making sure that you feel correctly um, leading up to the race and on race day um, itself to make sure, you know, you really control all the variables that you can. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and then just finally, before we finish off the conversations, perhaps some tips in terms of uh, the, the time management side of things. So uh, for, for those listeners that, you know, are working full-time jobs and are wondering, how does she fit double training sessions in every day? <laughs> what would you say to that individual? Setting goals that's realistic to your template. So I sat down with my coach. We looked at, you know, what can I fit in? And we scheduled the training around that. You know, if you have kids, that's just another added, um, you know, challenge to work around. So if you know you've got school run in the afternoons and only one run is possible for you, then make the most out of that one run. Don't try and think and worry then a whole, the whole time about, you know, you should be doing more, you should be fitting that in. Look at what is realistic for your template and commit to it fully then. It doesn't also help if you say you want to, you know, run eight times a week, but you physically know you only have time sure. to run five times a week. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's just going to add so much extra pressure on yourself and you're just going to feel like you're failing the whole time instead of, you know, setting smaller, smaller, like attainable goals and ticking them off, you know, as you, you go through the week. Brilliant. I think that's that's such a fantastic way to to end the conversation. You know, uh, we as you say, we touched on on so many important little key points, uh, but it really is. I, I find that is probably the most difficult people that uh, the most difficult thing that a lot of runners struggle with is setting realistic goals. Mm. So I, I definitely mm. second that. You know, sit down with a coach or sit down with someone that can have a look at your training and tell you, look, I think this is achievable. This is definitely not achievable. And if we all just mm. have a longer term approach to our running training, we're definitely going to have a much more enjoyable running journey and be able to stay injury free. So thank you. Yeah. For that. And I think just to run with joy, you take so much pressure yes. off of it. Zola once told me, you know, um, your happiness should never be dependent on the outcome of a race. Yeah. And you know, that's something that I've carried with me for such a long time, you know, that before a big race, I just think, you know, I've got so much to be thankful for in my life. Um, you know, no matter how this race goes, my happiness is not dependent on it. And it's, it's so, um, you know, such a, it gives you so much peace just, yeah. you know, believing in that. Yeah. You're, you're so correct. You gotta, you gotta also just, you know, love what you do and, and you so clearly have a passion for running. And, and I just think that's how you make it work. Um, and I think I think we all have a passion for running. I just think we all wish we were as good as you. Uh, as we fast all wish as you. you could run sub thirty-three minutes. Thank you. One day, day, one, one day, day, one day. We'll have to ramp up the training to two hundred k, my boy. Eighty k, to hundred. 
<laughs> Carla, thank you so much for your time tonight. We really, really appreciate it. And I think it was such an awesome conversation. And I, I'm sure we want to just wish you all the best for the 5K World Champs happening in Latvia later this year. And, and I'm sure we'll have the whole of the country supporting you and watching you there. And if anybody wants to, you know, support um, Carla and just follow her journey, it's uh, Carla underscore Jacobs with a, with a zero. Yeah, Jacobs yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, also on Strava, Carla Jacobs. But I said, I think you said you were private, so you're gonna have to really impress her to get that <laughs> that, that that accept. Um, and yeah, just like Nick said from our side, good luck. You know, with the world champs, can't wait to see you smash it. And for your next goals, either the Cape Town ten or that box of five k, whatever you do, I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. Cool, no thanks, looking forward to it. And if anybody is in the Somerset West, Stellenbosch area, yes. um, me. I'm always keen for company on a run. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, on, a, on an easy run, maybe. <laughs> yeah, on an easy yeah. run. <laughs> we appreciate you. Uh, cool, no thanks for your time. It was really lovely chatting to you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.